Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaykul. As a state senator, governor, and later a U.S. senator, Joe Manchin has made several decisions that have protected and benefited his family's business and the fuel it depends on, coal. Just this past year, Manchin effectively shot down the Build Back Better bill, which could have accelerated the closure of coal plants like the ones his family makes money from. And, during his time as governor back in the late 2000s, Manchin's administration made moves that broadly helped the coal industry, while contributing to a worrisome trend across the state. So, West Virginia no longer has the cheapest energy prices, I should say utility bills, in the country. It's now middle of the pack and rising. It's seen one of the fastest increases in the country. Today, E&E News reporter Scott Waldman on how Joe Manchin has used politics to protect his family's coal company. It's Thursday, February 3rd. Scott, just to start us off, what is Senator Joe Manchin's family business in West Virginia and how is he involved? So back in 1998, Joe Manchin founded, along with his brother, a company called Enter Systems. It moves waste coal to a power plant from abandoned mines. So this kind of coal is basically what's left over from the early decades of mining, like the early 1900s up to around the 50s or 60s, and it's slate and mud mixed with basically pieces of coal. Joe Manchin's business takes that coal and transports it to the Grandtown power plant where it's burned to produce electricity. And the Grandtown power plant is unique in that it's one of only a handful around the country that still burns waste coal. Got it. And you're reporting that Manchin has supported several moves or policies that somehow ultimately benefited his family business. Can you break down one of those moves he made while he was governor? Yeah, one of them was that he had a clean energy bill, a renewable and alternative energy bill back in 2009, one of his second to last years governor. That bill classified waste coal as something akin to solar wind and hydropower. He was trying to shift the grid in West Virginia from being almost entirely powered by coal to about 25% from alternative and renewable sources by 2025. There was this unusual carve out in the bill and it would classify waste coal as an alternative energy, which effectively incentivized utilities to continue utilizing waste coal in their operations. It wouldn't account against them as the state was requiring them to build out basically renewable sources. I should say also that there were some provisions in there for natural gas and other fossil fuels that no one today would consider alternative energy. So it was certainly an industry-friendly bill with this unusual carve-out for the, the very source of the Manchin family business wealth. Okay, so how is that move impacting West Virginians today? Well, West Virginia, around that time in 2009, had some of the lowest energy costs in the nation. They've increased fivefold in the last decade. Even as other states in the grid called the PJM, which West Virginia uses, their rates have decreased. West Virginia's has increased. Certainly, this 2009 bill was part of that, but also West Virginia has long been friendly to coal and the State Public Service Commission, the Manchin administration and others have worked to keep it 
powered by coal as much as they can, even though coal has lost market share to natural gas and renewables, which are just frankly much cheaper sources of electricity generation. So what about Manchin as a senator? How have his policies at a federal level protected his family's business? Just quickly, he fought for years, starting when he was governor, against regulations of coal ash. This was an issue during the Obama administration. Remember that Enter Systems doesn't just bring the waste coal to the power plant, Grant Town. It also hauls away the ash and then typically spreads it back on the mine site from which the waste coal was removed. So Manchin fought against classifying that as a hazardous waste. Basically, if it had been classified as hazardous waste as the Obama administration wanted to do, that would have just created a whole nother set of expensive regulations around the handling of the ash, driving up costs for both the Grant Town plant as well as Manchin's family business. And it could have put either one of them out of business. More recently, Manchin has been fighting against some of the provisions in Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan. Most notably, he fought against the Clean Electricity Performance Program, which would have incentivized utilities to build out renewable and clean energy sources at the expense of coal-powered units, such as the Grand Town Power Plant, from which he derives his wealth. Is there any indication, then, that Manchin has broken any laws with these moves? And if not, what sort of ethical questions does his family business raise? Well, Manchin's explanation, he's been asked about this over the years, and he says the company is held in a blind trust that's operated by his son. His son runs the company, so he says he doesn't have any say over their business, which some have questioned. But to be clear, there's no indication that Manchin has broken any laws. Some say he's just a champion of West Virginia. He's a champion of his constituents who want a robust coal industry in West Virginia. But some of the ethical questions here are, can Manchin be viewed as an objective vote on issues around climate policy and coal? Basically, the only people that can sort of crack down on saying, well, no, he clearly has some sort of vested financial interest here would be Congress. And right now, sort of a bipartisan effort to ignore financial conflicts of interest that Manchin and other lawmakers have. He's certainly not the only one. Also, the Biden administration in Puerto Rico reached an agreement on Wednesday to help accelerate the island's efforts to rebuild its power grid using $12 billion in federally allocated funds. The move would help the island after its power grid was torn apart by two hurricanes in 2017 and was further destabilized by an earthquake in 2020, all of which have contributed to chronic power outages. The Biden administration in Puerto Rico signed a memorandum of understanding that involves several federal agencies, the Department of Energy, Homeland Security, and Housing and Urban Development. Those agencies are tasked with helping to kick off construction on dozens of renewable energy projects this year, providing technical assistance to help the island lower electricity costs, and other initiatives aimed at helping low-income areas. The assistance comes as environmentalists see rebuilding Puerto Rico's power system as an opportunity to replace its fossil fuel resources with cleaner distributed resources like solar and battery storage. But that renewables-only effort has faced pushback, including from Puerto Rico's own congresswoman. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back tomorrow.
Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron's El Segundo refinery is looking to turn plant-based oil into renewable gasoline, jet, and diesel fuels because it's only human to want to power a better future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lower carbon.